Hey, Jonathan Brown here, Energy FC soccer player. This is another episode of the Maz Football Podcast. Yo, welcome back to the Mass Football Podcast, the number one soccer podcast here in Oklahoma City. I am your host, Ricardo Yoa, and I am here today at Legacy Real Estate Group. Shout out to the sponsors for allowing me to use the space. You know what they do. You can buy, sell, invest in a house with them. That's who I use. They're super great. Speak my language, and they make everything super easy. So I definitely recommend you guys for hitting them up. Uh, but I'm not here by myself today because I have a guest all the way from... I hope I'm saying this correctly, Bridge and Wales. This guy has almost 17 years of professional soccer under his belt, starting back in 2007 with, is it Cardiff City? Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. You'll have to speak close into the mic. Um, He's, I believe, currently with Energy um, since 2019, and he also has a few national caps under his belt, going from U17, 19, and 21. I have here with me Jonathan Brown. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. How was that for a new show? Good, that was good one. Best, best one I've ever had. I'm practicing. That is honestly the best one I've ever had. Um, how are you today? I'm good, my man. I'm good. I appreciate you for coming on, man. I appreciate it, man. How are you? Like, uh, how, how is everything? Good, good, yeah. I'm, uh, at the minute, I'm doing a lot of coaching with the youth side over here in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. um, in NOKC, and up in OEFC on the girls' side. And yeah, I'm just keeping myself busy with that, to be honest with you. Really enjoying it, so. Yeah, I also have seen you volunteering, well, not volunteering, but with energy as well. Opening up the turf pitch as well as the futsal court as well. So it seems like you're pretty busy just in general, right? Yeah, no, no, no. Anything that can uh, help obviously grow the game and stuff in the community. Mm -hmm. Um, And those, the fields of futures and the futsal courts that are going up, it's Amazing, it's, yeah, amazing. There's so many. I couldn't believe how many there were. It's a ton. That's, yeah. I think we've lost count. It could be like 17, Is there 19, 17? honestly. Damn. Yes, 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 yes. But for the people that don't know you, could you introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about what you do and what you've done? Yeah, no. So Jonathan Brown, um, I'm from, you said it correctly, mm-hmm. Bridgen, yeah. South Wales, which is uh, next to England in the UK. Um, I played soccer back home since I was young. Football. Uh, yeah, football, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Football, football, football. football. Proper football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, came through the system, the academy system, Cardiff City. Mm-hmm. Uh, I joined there when I was 12. Before that, I was playing uh, rugby and athletics as well. I used to be a sprinter as well. Really? And then I went down the route of having to choose one of the three. Um, I, I just preferred football. So Why I went was with that? football. I don't know. I just, it intrigued me. Like, it was, I found it much more difficult, to be honest with you. Really? Like, the skill, skill side of it. Um, the athleticism side of it, I was obviously mm-hmm. pretty good at. Rugby came more natural to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got my granddad, my dad, my uncle all played rugby. Really? So That's I, what I was going to ask, if you had any family members that played soccer. but No, my dad played a little bit, like just local. Like rec, rec, yeah, football back home. Um, and my uncle the same, but uh, my granddad, I suppose, a little bit. But it was all mainly a rugby family. Um, and they played to a good level, so before the game turned professional... They got to as high as they possibly could. So it used wow. to be semi-professional. Mm-hmm. Um, and they played in front of like 10, 15,000. It was, it was good, good wow. crowds and stuff back then, yeah. My dad actually went on to be a head coach as well really? in rugby. So when I was growing up, I'd go out to the games with a couple of my, with my mates and stuff back home. We'd go out there at halftime mm-hmm. and like kick the goals over the posts. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes in the locker room, but they try not to get me involved because they'd be <laughs> kicking off in the yeah, locker yeah, yeah. room with the big, big rugby boys. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the... The, the child of playing rugby, athletics, and, and football. Um, but yeah, I took the Cardiff City approached me and they said, you've got to make a choice because it's coming too much. Mm. 
I think training had changed at the time from twice a week to three times a week. They just got the top tier of the academy, so instead of playing the lower league teams back home, we ended up playing um, like Arsenal's, mm. Man United's, all, all Liverpool's, mm -hmm. all, all the top dogs. Um, so we was going to be travelling on the weekends and whatnot. So I was like, okay, I, I'm going. I want. I want this. Mm. Um, and that was it. Yeah. And then look back. I moved on from Cardiff. Eventually broke into the into the first team. Um, and then yeah, it took me on amazing experiences in my yeah. career playing. I think it's seven countries, but that's including Wales and England around yeah. the world. Um, so yeah, but uh, I watched. I was uh, Wikipedia is crazy. The yeah. internet is crazy. Not, I, all, not all of it's correct. Not all of it is correct, <laughs> but the majority of it is might be accurate. There's a long list of just teams there. Like, I, I was just amazed, and I just started thinking, like, just the amount of sacrifice that you probably have had to put in for all of that, because it is hard just to get up and go. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, like, uh, I commend you for that. And now you're just here in the center of, you know, the USA, Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. To be honest with you, I wouldn't look at it as though it was sacrifices. It was more like choices. choices. And it was choices that, for me at the time, that I wanted to do. Okay. And my family knew that, so they were like, they supported me. Mm. Um, so I think it was when I was 19, back in 2009, 10, around then. Um, I'd been, I'd, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Young. I'd been let go by Cardiff. Because um, back then, they didn't have the under-23 system. Mm -hmm. It was under-18s. And from there, there was no bridge. So they used to have reserve team football. Mm -hmm. um, maybe when I was like around 16, but then when I was 17, 18, that had gone. So if you weren't good enough for the first team of 17, 18, it was like, bye-bye, yeah. Um, now it's changed, obviously. I think it changed a couple of years after I left. They brought in the under-23 system, which mm -hmm. helps because it, every player, every individual is different. So you might have some players, like physically might be developed at 17, 18. Others might not develop till they're mm -hmm. 21 other progressions that everyone's going to be on a different mm -hmm. pathway right so um it was tough but they so back then it was harder to get professional contracts and the age group that i was in i was the only one that was lucky enough to get one mm -hmm. so i broke into the first team um but obviously the challenge for cardiff was to try and get to the premier league so there's like a lot of pressure on mm -hmm. the head coach um cutthroat at that point <laughs> yeah and yeah it was cutthroat yeah but um i was obviously obviously down the pecking order being mm -hmm. 18 year old but i managed to break onto the bench uh, made a couple of appearances mm. in the championship with a few injuries. I was lucky enough to be in the FA Cup. That year, Cardiff got to the FA Cup final. Mm. Um, so I was lucky enough to have that experience mm -hmm. and, and be in the squad. <clears throat> um, but after the one year, yeah, I remember the, having the conversation with the head coach and uh, he said, listen, they're, they're trying to get to the Premier League and there was like XYZ players mm. ahead of me who were like, I mean, at the time there was... Robbie Fowler was there, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. There was all these big time players. Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, yeah, I get it. Like, there's no way. Mm -hmm. I would have liked to have had a chance to have maybe signed an extra two year contract because I think I don't think I properly developed until I was maybe 23, 24 um, with the experience. And I wish they'd like sent me out on loan to like a lower league team again mm -hmm. just to get more experience playing against men. Um, I did go on loan for a six month period to Wrexham and I enjoyed that. And then I went back home and then that's when they released me and then. Uh, I had the opportunity then to go off to uh, Australia. Mm. It was just something that excited me, and I was like, "Yeah, I want to go for it." And finally, before we started this, obviously we were talking about such a small world with uh, yeah. with with football industry. And um, the team that I signed for over there was another guy from Wales, really? from the same area. Literally, it was like five minutes away, and he'd played for Wrexham previously. Really? Came through to Southampton, and um, our parents went to school and whatnot. Mm. So I ended up signing for the same team as him over in Australia. Wow. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so it was probably a sign yeah yeah it was weird it was strange but um no yeah like back to the original thing i wouldn't have 
I thought it was more mm -hmm. choices and ex life experiences that I wanted to go and do. Um, like football's taught me all around the world mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm grateful, for, grateful for it now. And obviously I've ended up here, like you said, here in Oklahoma. Is it, is it right? And was I right when I said like 17 years? Well, I would have been 17, 18 when I signed my first professional contract and I'm 30, 32 now, yeah, so around 13, 14, years. yeah. How is that looking back on it now? 2022, yeah. 17 years. Yeah, so uh, everyone tells you when you're younger. I remember being like 22 when I was playing and they were like, don't take it for granted, like it's going to go so fast, so like mm -hmm. put in the work and this, so everyone's going to say that when they get to the 30, 35, whatever it is. When you look back, it goes so quickly. It's ah. crazy. It's crazy how fast it goes. I was kind of thinking about that yesterday, just thinking of topics and what to talk about. And <laughs> as I was peeling the stickers out of, off the panini, yeah. <laughs> putting them in my little notebook, trying to fill up my teams, and noticing that a lot of these players are 2000s, yeah. 1997s. Mm -hmm. like, and I'm just amazed. I'm just like, wow, like, I'm older than this guy, this guy, yeah. this guy. And I started realizing that majority of these players that are going to the World Cup are so young that some of these players might even consider this to be like the beginning of their career. But when they look back on it, I think they'll think that was the prime of my career, yeah. you know, back yeah. when I was 20, 21, 22. Mm -hmm. So it's just, I mean, it is all about perspective. Yeah, but just sure. thinking about how quick the career is for yeah. these players, you for you yourself, you know. And and those players will do exactly the same thing as what we when we get older and we look back, you know, they'll be thinking like, oh God, go so fast. Yeah, it does go so fast. So, where are you right now in your career, like mentally, physically? I still feel physically good. I mean, obviously, it's well known everything that's gone on with the energy and whatnot. Um, I was lucky enough to be one of a couple of players that had put pen to paper before they announced the, the decision mm -hmm. that came. Um, so I'm technically still under contract. Um, but I found another passion outside of the playing. Um, again, a bit of luck, I suppose, maybe in my mid-twenties. I was in and out of contracts. I'd come home from Thailand. Um, so I had a few months where I needed to reflect and, and try and find what the next thing was. And I fell into coaching on the youth side back in back in Wales. Mm. Um, and I didn't know if I was going to enjoy it at the time. I had no idea. Um, I was working with good players. I was in Cardiff City Development and a Pennebon Academy, which is um, uh, the local Welsh team by me. So the level was good and I, I loved it. I was like, damn, I like this. Mm. But obviously I, I knew I had years to go still and I wanted to give everything while playing. Um, and I've basically, since I've come to America, that I've just continued that on, mm. um, whether it be private training, group training, now with the teams. Um, so I would say, obviously, I'm at the tail. I'm 32, turning 33 in, in April. Um, but I still feel physically fit that mm. I could still offer for a couple of years. But uh, I know exactly what my next go-to is. Yeah, 100% nice. I want to go into coach. It was just good because, yeah, sports people, not just football. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, as obviously well-documented, when they come towards the end, because that's all they've done since mm -hmm. they were like yeah, eight, eight, seven, eight years of age. <laughs> and especially when you go into professional, it's like every day. And then that comes to an end, and it's like, damn, what do you do now? There's, I don't know. I don't know how to do anything better than this. Yeah, <laughs> you know, this yeah. is like I know. I know soccer pretty well. I yeah. maybe didn't go as far as I would have liked to, but I feel like I don't know anything better than soccer. Yeah. So here I am doing this as well. No, so. I love it, man. I love it. That's crazy. So is Oklahoma then home for you now? I believe so. Yeah, I mean, obviously so. not. Wales is obviously home. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. Be, um, home away from yeah, home. and I've everyone asked me like. What do you think of Oklahoma? Like, if I get an Uber or if I'm home or whatever, and I'm do like, you take your horse home? How, how do you get to practice? Do you take your horse? Drive, drive. Tie it up against the post and then take on your team, and then you wait for the eleven kids to show up in their horses yeah. too. Um, 
But no, for me, the thing that hit me first of all was just like the people. Mm. I couldn't believe how friendly everyone was. And my parents found that when they came over as well. Um, I think it was like 2018 time. And at the time, I didn't feel comfortable driving on the other side of the road. Mm-hmm. So I just had That's li- right. I'd have lift with Cody Randy everywhere, mm-hmm. etc. Um, but when they came to visit, I was putting them in Ubers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And they got lost and they were walking around somewhere. Um, like in downtown or like they ended up on the highway walking oh, no. and people were like stopping to make sure they were okay really? and giving them a lift and that and then yeah wherever they were going they were like I can't believe how friendly everyone is yeah, yeah. everybody's just stopping to ask us if we're doing alright uh, yeah. walking down I-35 like, <laughs> you're, in, you're in Oklahoma like, you know, shouldn't be walking yeah um, but no just little things like going yeah. to the grocery stores like Trader Joe's mm-hmm. or whatever just everyone's like how's, how's your day going that's great you don't get that back home it's like really? yes uh, yeah, everybody's just straight people. to business probably no they are, they, don't get me wrong, the Welsh are really friendly, but mm-hmm. it's like when you go to a grocery store, etc., mm-hmm. and they're busy and they don't really want to be working there, but it's mm-hmm. here, it's like the opposite. Like mm-hmm. they're just trying to have a good conversation with you and chat. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, for me, the thing that hit me was the the people. Yeah, the hospitality that we have. Yeah, the just so friendly. Yeah, it is pretty good, man. Yeah, so, so friendly. I sometimes uh, try to strike up conversations with strangers just to see how far we can take it. Yeah, <laughs> just to see how far yeah, we're yeah, going to yeah, take yeah, it because yeah, it's yeah. amazing how what, what you can get out of people because there's yeah. such a wide range of people that you can find here. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And obviously, as soon as I start talking, they're like, oh, where are you from? I, 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 a few people have thought I'm Australian. Really? And I'm like, no. <laughs> you yeah. have maybe a little... I don't know if it's, it's a little twang or whatever. That's what I was going to say, yeah. a twang to it. Maybe it's because I've just been... Uh-huh. A little bit of everywhere. A little bit of everywhere, yeah. So where did you go? So you went to Australia. How was that? You were there at 20, maybe? 19. 19, 19 yeah. I think it was 2009, 10 I was there. Which I um, think people don't underestimate how huge yeah. Australia is. Yeah, yeah. And obviously it's the other side of the world. So mm-hmm. I was young. I mean, I'd lived away from home the previous year when I went along to Wrexham for six months. And I loved that. And I kind of, in hindsight, it's a wonderful thing. But at the time, I was getting offered to stay there. Mm-hmm. Um... And um, I turned it down because the, my agent I had at the time thought I could have played up a couple of leagues. So I did a pre-season with Leighton Orient, who were in League One at the time, and Charlton, who were League One, bigger clubs than Wrexham mm-hmm. at the time, um, or higher up in the divisions, I should say. And I didn't get signed in the pre-season because they were like, oh, we're going to rely on a, uh, not an 18-year-old, we want to go for like a more experienced player mm-hmm. who's got games under his belt, 25-year-old. And then when I went to try and go back to Wrexham, mm-hmm. call them, their budget was done. Mm. Full squad was full. And wow. then I was, I was screwed, basically, you know, at the, the end of pre-season. Mm-hmm. Everyone's squads are full. Um, so I went to Pennabont, which is like the local semi-professional team in the Welsh Premier League right now. I knew a few of the friends. My, my, my mates were there, the head coach. And they were like, just come and train. It was like Tuesday night and Thursday night training um, just to keep up fitness instead of going to the gym all the mm-hmm. time. So I was like, yeah, go on. And I just wanted to go enjoy myself. And then, but I was like trying to look what was next. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is going to be difficult now. Like, it's just, it's cutthroat back home. Yeah. It's like once, and people probably don't realize, obviously, when you've got the, the Premier League budgets, but then the lower down the leagues, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. So they might go only go with a squad of 20. They're not going to add somebody else in. They just don't have the money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just randomly, yeah, I was sending out um, messages to people who I might know and contacts America, Australia. I didn't have many in America at the time. And uh, basically a guy that coached back home um, had been in Australia mm-hmm. and he, he had a contact over there, sent out my CV. And at the time, it was obviously showing Wales in the 17s, 19s, mm-hmm. 21s, Cardiff City, which is like a big club. And um, immediately we had a few responses to the agent over in Australia that they wanted to have a look at me. Because um, over, the, over there, they had the under 23 system as well. So they mm-hmm. were like, damn, he's only 19. Yeah, he can. Mm-hmm. So I went over. 
Um, there was Brisbane Raw, Central Coast Mariners, and I think it was Perth Glory maybe, um, or Adelaide. Um, they wanted to have a look at me. But that Welsh guy that I spoke about mm. earlier was at Central Coast Mariners, so I was like, well, let me go there. Mm-hmm. And my parents felt more comfortable. Like, they'd spoke to his parents. They were going yeah. to look after me. I was only 19 going what to Australia. What kind of conversation do you have with your parents? At this point, your parents are just like, okay, he's just trying to find options. But then you say, hey, Australia. And yeah. How do your parents cut your wings off and just say, no, no? They were ex- you know what? They were excited for me. I mean, yeah. when we got to the airport and stuff, it was tears and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it was... Like I was looking at the stadiums, the fans, and compared to like the lower leagues in in England or whatever it would be, um, I was like, "This is gonna be awesome." They could see how excited I probably was, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, that I'd uh, I don't know, I just got like a little buzz off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to go do it, and um, yeah, no, th- th- they were excited for me. They were nervous as well, mm-hmm. but my aunties, uh, she lives over in Australia in Brisbane, oh, and okay. my mum's sister, yeah. So cool. Um, they were all all excited for me as well oh, and, yeah. and whatnot. Um, yeah, and I went, and Matthew Crowell, like the Welsh guy over there, took me under his wing. Yeah, he was about 24, 25 at the time. Uh-huh. Um, I used to call him my mentor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I went, yeah, and it was unfortunate circumstances. We had a Scottish head coach at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and same as in America, you've, you've got the foreign rule. So you can only sign X amount of foreigners. Mm-hmm. And I think it was seven or eight maybe over there. But you can add in the extra one who can play in the 23s now. Mm-hmm. the roster of the foreign players was already full mm-hmm. um, but they wanted to sign me after a few days because I was 19 whatever mm-hmm. and they were like you can go with the under 23s and then we can try and bring mm-hmm. you up in a couple of years um, but that, that Scottish coach got sacked at the end of the season mm-hmm. so then a new guy came in and he got rid of I think it was everyone bar one of us because mm-hmm. oh, all the foreigners they were British obviously with mm-hmm. the link the Scottish connections and whatever I think it was a couple of Scottish boys English lads or a couple of English lads a couple of Welsh boys mm-hmm. A new guy came in and he wanted, um, he had the foreigners from diff- elsewhere. And one Scottish boy uh, stayed. Um, and I think he stayed in the league for a while. He was a good player. Mm. But um, yeah, came to an end um, quickly, to be fair. But it was an amazing experience. Australia, mm-hmm. like beautiful country. Grateful. Like, we lived literally on, on a hill, walked to the bottom of the hill and you're really? like, right on the beach. It oh, looks Central beautiful. Central Coast is beautiful, yeah. And again, the people were really friendly. Yeah. Um, I loved it. That was probably my first time, though, experiencing playing in the heat. Yeah. Like hot, hot, like obviously what it gets here. Mm. Not not humid, but it was just like hundreds, um, afternoon games and whatever. And I struggled with that. I was mm. like, well, this is insane. Are they friendlier over there than they are here? No, are they. What would you say? Who's friendlier? Oh, here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> smart answer. That's a smart answer. That's funny. What did you do after that? Uh, after Australia, I went home. And then again, I was in between. And I was like, I was still young. I was like, I haven't gone to college. I, you know, I didn't know what was next. Um, obviously I was lucky I had my parents home so the roof over my head and they were supportive and then my old academy manager at Cardiff reached out about an opportunity to go to Belgium really um, and it was like a feeder club in Belgium it was like the fourth division um, uh, but like teams like Anderlecht and stuff would go watch these youngsters and obviously I was still 1920 at the time um, they were like it would be perfect for you come and play uh, they'll put you up in a house whatever um, I was unsure about it, to be honest with you. Mm. I, I was going from Australia, and I was thinking Belgium, and I looked it up on the internet, and I was like, oh, I don't know, after what I've just come from. Mm. But I had, no, I had really no choice. If I really wanted to try and get back in the, the professional game, I was like, mm. I have to sacrifice. This, this was, a, sac- sacrifice this a, was a sacrifice. This was a sacrifice, yeah. From the beach to yeah. Belgium, yeah, it might be a little yeah. bit of a And Belgium, was, it, it was really nice. Yeah. But um, no, I went for it. Um, but I had anxiety with that one, mm. to, to be fair. Um, but I did, I, did, I did well over there. Um, 
I was scoring goals and then Anderlecht wanted to come watch me in like a pre-season game and and then but just the living it was like a lot of things like Cody Lorendu we've had on my friend and that mm-hmm. he, he was small small world football he was over there the year or two before me because really? when I first came here we spoke in the locker room about a couple of players and I was like wait how do you know him how do you know him and then we were like no way you're the that's wild yeah um but I had a phone call to go on trial at uh, Swindon Town, who was League One back. I was like, oh my God, yeah, get me home. Mm. So I went home um, and there was a mess up with registration things to play this trial game. So I couldn't even do that. But then I'd left the Belgium club. Yeah, so I was in a sticky patch again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the following preseason, I think I went a few months, was just like ticking over like on my own, like wondering again, what am I going to mm. do? And then from my time at Wrexham, I played against Southport. Um, who were in Wrexham's league at the time and the head coach can remember me from playing against me and wanted to sign me and then that moved me on to Southport and then I stayed around that league with Southport, Telford, Hereford in the conference for a few years um, enjoyed it then before the experiences took me to uh, Thailand, Asia Thailand, Asia? That's yeah. when you said Thai- when you dropped it a while ago I was like, whoa, Thailand, Asia I'll ask about, I'll ask about that later yeah. <laughs> and then how, that must have been a lot different than Probably all your other experiences, right? Probably not. Thailand? Yeah. What'd you say? Yeah, and again, it was the first year I went there. I, w- I was there for two seasons. Mm. Um, but one of my best friends, who I came through the Cardiff system with, uh, he was a year old. He didn't quite make, make it as a, as a professional for Cardiff. But he was half Thai, half Welsh. So his dad was from Thailand. And he went to university after he didn't get the professional contract. We went on holiday together there after I'd left Wrexham that summer. Um, and he was meant to come back and finish up his last year in, in university but his dad uh, had helped him get a trial at Mong Tong United which is like one of the biggest teams in Thailand mm. and uh, obviously he had a Thai passport so he didn't come into the foreign the foreign mm. rule and how many foreigners you're allowed and um, he signed wow. and he didn't come back on the flight with me so I went back home and then that took me off to Australia, Belgium etc and uh, we'd obviously stay in contact mm. and he was like mate come to Thailand, come to Thailand and I was saying no all the time, and I was still trying to like work my way up in the, from the conference, trying mm. to get a move. Like during the time when I was at Telford and what, like Jamie Vardy, I was playing against players like that mm. in that league, and he'd got his move to Fleetwood and then Leicester and whatever. It's a crazy story too, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, oh, he was when we played against. It was two games. I think he scored like five goals against really? us in the two games. He was he was different. He was. So <laughs> he looks different, man. Yeah. All these stories that I hear that are probably aren't true are just how he just smashed energy drinks before. He just looks like. He just gets after it. Huh? He was like, yeah, he just buzzed about. He was like <laughs> a little... Yeah, he, when he was like... I remember one of the, the coaches, Southport, and he was saying the best player on the pitch who everyone's linked with, etc. And he's like sprinting, chasing after this ball, chasing after this ball. And like relentless he was. He was he was good. Mm. But um, no, my friend, back to the Thailand story, he was in Thailand and he was asking me to go over. Um, and it got to the stage where I was kind of like, look, I'm not even... I'm not playing as... I'm not a forward. So I wasn't playing as a forward in the lower leagues. And it's hard to get a move up up the ranks unless you're a forward who scored like 20 goals. Then everyone's going to take notice in the league above and the mm. league above that. So I was like, I'm not going to. It's going to be difficult here for me uh, to mm. get a move. Um, and the, the play lower down the leagues, like the pressure the coaches are under, is a lot more direct. Like people not taking chances. It probably changed over the years, mm-hmm. uh, recent years. But back when I was there, it was like missing not missing out the midfield. It was mm. just a bat- like a, most of the games were battles, and I was like, how am I meant to mm-hmm. do well here? You know. Um, and again, it kind of, I was like, you know what, I've, let's try it. Let's mm. go for it while I can. I'm still young. I think I was 22, 22, 23. I was like, let's go for it while I'm young and while I, while I can. Um, so he had arranged a couple of trials and whatever. And 
it was it's difficult to like, like going to, into a country where not many people speak the language and the team I ended up signing for was in the league below the top league it was about three and a half hours outside of Bangkok where my friend lived and no, literally nobody spoke English wow like literally nobody so I was having to pick up like little bits of the Thai language in training like numbers mm-hmm. I lived with a, uh, a teammate from South Korea who was excellent he was uh-huh. brilliant brilliant player but he didn't speak English no. he didn't speak Thai so I'm trying to order from him in the restaurant we're going home in the evenings I'm trying to help him learn in English etc and like draw stuff on the th- oh it was funny dude this sounds like yeah. a comedy show <laughs> yeah and then the second year um, I signed for a team in Bangkok and there was an English guy on the team so that was much that was more mm. fun yeah, and I was obviously in and around my friend where he lived and stuff, but the other one was, yeah, literally out in the sticks and good yeah. luck. It's crazy how, and then you just find one person and just totally changes the experience. Yeah. Huh? Just trying to find a little bit of a home. Yeah. How, and then after Bangkok, I mean, after Thailand, what, where where did the football yeah, take you? I couldn't see myself staying there for much longer. It was good. It was like, like lifestyle, obviously different to back home. So like in and out of sessions, it was like pools at the apartment so mm. I could just relax and the weather was super hot. And again, it was difficult playing in that heat. Um, but I was like, I want to go home. And it, I'd have, my friend had a phone call for me to go and sign for Hereford. Mm-hmm. The lower leagues, but they just got they, they got relegated from League Two. And I was like, it's a big club. And it was local. I wanted to be like more towards my family at that point. I just wanted mm-hmm. to move back towards Wales. Um, and Hereford was only like an hour and 15 minute drive. And it was full-time professional. And I was like, damn, I was... I could be perfect mm-hmm. yeah and financially it wasn't much difference and I was like oh I'm going I want to go mm-hmm. for it and um, I think I went on trial though they wanted to see me that's why so I took the risk I had a contract in Thailand and um, they wanted to see me on a trial in pre-season which is never easy because mm-hmm. like you go in and you're trying to make an impact yeah. there's other, other trialists there as well maybe five, other five six players but Martin Foyle who was the head coach knew me again from Wrexham and um, yeah he took a liking to me and I signed and then I mean the question that you, all the clubs were going through mm-hmm. it's funny like how things have worked out with like some of them being my choices but then a lot of them like the Australia one the Belgium one this one I would have stayed at Hereford for years if mm-hmm. I could have I loved it it was close to home uh, good club good fan base maybe halfway through the season we were doing okay we were close to the playoffs we stopped getting paid yeah the owner kind of pulled his money um, and then the the FA the PFA back home helped pay the players wages but then at, at, at a certain point, but a, that, a couple of months had gone by, we weren't getting wages. Obviously, people had mortgages, kids. So we were trying to figure stuff out as players. And we went on a bad losing streak. Mm-hmm. The head coach and the assistant coach walked away to help the club with money and the players. Um, yeah. And then um, ended up going to the last game of the season to try and stay in the league. Mm-hmm. And we needed a win and rely on somebody else to get a draw, I think it was, or a loss. And... Um, yeah, I remember my dad was in the away end. It was against Aldershot away, and my, my friend from London as well was there. It was a packed out. It was a couple mm. of thousand Hereford fans in the away end. And, uh, but we were getting word that like Chester, I think it was at the time, we were drawing or winning, which meant even if we won, we would have gone down. Mm-hmm. We got a late winner, maybe like 91st minute, but we didn't celebrate mm. because we were... You had in your head that yeah, it wasn't working out. Yeah, really. it kind of went in low fives to the guy yeah. that scored. We were walking back to the halfway line, and then our fans started going crazy. And word had come in that the other team had scored. Yeah. And then the final whistle went in our game and we were waiting. And then eventually, yeah, we stayed up. But what had happened was we had meetings with the head coach and the assistant coach at the time. And he was like, yeah, we want to keep you on. So they said that to my friend, me and my friend from Bristol. Or well, most of us wanted us, they wanted us to stay. 
but we're just going to keep you posted with what's going on and whatever because it was like a huge tax bill mm. of thousands or whatever that hadn't been paid um, but they're going to pay it they said they never paid the tax bill and then when I was on holiday in Mexico actually mm. that, that, sem- that off season uh, we had a group chat and the message came through or whatever saying they've been thrown out of the leagues and they've thrown like four or five divisions so I was, then I was like yeah. close to pre-season no club again I was like oh my goodness like what am I going to do now? dang that probably soured the vacation right? yeah yeah for sure dang. for sure what so, part of Mexico? Uh, where did I go? it was Cancun I think Cancun yeah. nice R- 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 the mayor I think it was yeah, yeah. that's wild and then what happened? The, so the Thailand experiences it was either side of Hereford so the one year I went came home Hereford and then luckily, and then I was like okay I'll go, I'll mm-hmm. go back to Thailand and then I left Thailand to come home. Um, and I signed for a semi-professional team in Wales for a couple of years to play in the English Pyramid uh, for about a year and a half. And that's when I found my coaching passion. Mm. So I was doing playing semi-professional for the year and a half. I started off the coaching in like a soccer school and helping out in the Cardiff City development. And, and um, I was like, damn, I love this. Like, I'm, not at the time, but I was like, I almost love this as much as like playing. Like, I, it's, that's what's going to happen eventually mm-hmm. and, it, and, it, and it is now um, so I did that but I wanted to come I just wanted to come to America then mm-hmm. America was in I was just thinking about America all the time I knew a couple of people over here Welsh boys and I was seeing their social media and I was like whoa that looks it's picking up yeah I was like you can see the fans and stuff the the, uh, the lifestyle just a bit of everything the coaching I was like oh wow that could be that could be a good one for mm-hmm. me um, but I didn't really have many contacts there was a guy that used to play here um, Gareth Evans so I just reached out to him on social media hmm. and he just retired I didn't know him that well and he just retired and he passed me on his uh, old agent's number um, and I reached out to him we had a good phone call and he was like yeah I think with your CV like people are going to be interested hmm. um, but maybe a year and a half two years nothing hmm. um, and in between I ended up going to Bangladesh hmm. for, for six months that was a strange one yeah Bangladesh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a, a life experience that Really? Why do you say that? Just the obviously third world country, just ah. living standards. It was it was a big eye opener, like literally pinching myself like every day. That that one came about to so an English guy that I played against in Thailand. <laughs> yeah. This was the last one before America, mm-hmm. I promise. Um before uh yeah, when I was in Thailand I played against this English guy, uh Lee Tuck. He's gone on to have a brilliant career in Malaysia. Um, played in Thailand in the top leagues um, me and him were close and stuff because we were English mm-hmm. boy, uh, British boys in Thailand so it was only a handful of us yeah. so we'd hang out keep in contact whatever and then he randomly just messaged me when I was back home playing semi-professional and doing my coaching and I was just chasing back into the professional mm-hmm. game I, w- I would have been 27 27 so I was like I want to give it everything I've got for the next few years mm-hmm. before I turn 30 and see what happens even though I was still trying to get to America um, so in my head when he reached out to me he was basically trying to say that they needed a foreign player because some, one of the foreign lads had got injured with his knee or whatever and I was like where are you and he was like Bangladesh and I was like where are you yeah I was like <laughs> Bangladesh and he was like yeah yeah listen listen it's not that bad he actually gave me the truth then he was like okay honestly he was like the apartments shitty like lifestyle this and that but he was like hey you can come in full time me and you together for three months for top of the league We've got X amount of games left. And then he was like, then the preseason in America's January time, so it'll work out perfect for you. Mm. So like, hmm, my mum and dad were like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, when I told them that, they were like, wait, what, Bangladesh? And they were like, why don't you just continue doing what you're doing here and then just keep pushing for America? 
And I was like, yeah, but if I want to go to, if I get a trial in America, what's going to put me in the best physical condition, being full-time in Bangladesh in the heat or being semi-professional over here, even though I'm training like a professional, like on my own, training with a team twice a week is not the same as no, training every day. Minutes. Yeah, and minutes and whatever. Um, so I was like, oh. And I went for it, yeah. Okay. Um, and we ended up winning the league. We went unbeaten, won the league. But then what he failed to tell me was once you won the league, you went into the Asian, like not champions, like one below the Champions League because mm -hmm. of the level of Bangladesh's league. It's like the Europa League. Okay. We went into the Asian version of that, which meant I had to go back January, February, March, April for the four months. And that was honestly at the time I was like, you had to. Yeah, because of the, my contract and mm. whatever. And I was a bit mad because I was thinking I wanted to go try America, yeah, this yeah, and yeah. that. Uh, but as it, as it turned out, nothing came back from the agent anyway, because it was around the time where the NASL was folding. Mm. And he was like, it's literally so difficult right now because there's so many mm -hmm. players that coaches already know from America and don't have contracts. And he was like, to get you in, it's going to be, he was like, if I were you, just go back there mm. and we'll just stay in touch. So I've gone back there, but that was an awesome experience because we drew two Indian teams, uh, Indian champions, Bengaluru and Kolkata team, I think it was, and then a Maldives team. Mm. So I'd always wanted to go to the Maldives. Wow. Um, and you had to play them both home and away and whatever. Um, so that was an awesome experience. Sounds like basically their version of the Champions League. Yeah, season. yeah. That's awesome. But we were in a tough, like the Indian team was good, Bengaluru, they went on and did well. And then from there, I went home. And I was like, okay, I'm done with Bangladesh. They were still asking me to go back, but I had a couple of months off season or whatever. And then maybe halfway through that, the agent reached out. I hadn't spoke to him in three, four months. And uh, he reached out to me and said that, um, hey, fancy, uh, op there's an opportunity, I think, in, in America. Um, Energy FC, Oklahoma, they want to see you for a few days uh, on a trial to see if you fit and stuff. But you're gonna have to pay your own way over, and then uh, if you, if they like you, if you sign, then obviously everything will be reimbursed and whatever. And I was like, yeah, I'll be mm. there. I'll be there next week. You didn't think like Bangladesh, like Oklahoma? Yeah, no, I'm kidding. no, no. no. <laughs> so I was like, I'm I'm gone. Yeah. Wow, you didn't look at pictures in Google or anything like that. Yeah, I, I said. Yeah. <laughs> what was your first thought? Uh, Oklahoma? Did you start doing research? Oh, such a small world, though. So one of my friends over here, uh, he came over on a golfing scholarship, went to St. Nazare. Okay. He's from Bridgend, where I'm from, and he's been over here. What was he? 10 years mm -hmm. um, and he uh, he was here so I messaged him mm. and I was like hey man guess when I'm coming next week and he was like no way and I was like yeah can I stay at yours <laughs> that's right yeah. so they made it happen um, huh yeah and then after I think two three days Jimmy um, Jimmy the head coach at the time uh, pulled me aside and and said yeah I want, I want to sign you but they had to send me home because I had to sort my visa and whatnot mm -hmm. which took a month um which was a bit of a bummer because it wasted obviously game time mm. and stuff. But um, yeah, I joined a great uh, great team at the time. We were pushing for the playoffs mm -hmm. and then I signed, it was the same time Jose Angulo signed midway through the season mm -hmm. here. I went home, sought my visa, came back and then eventually worked my way into the team. And that yeah, that first six months I was here, we got into the playoffs. Um, we were the underdog, we just snuck into the playoffs mm -hmm. and then we had to go and play Reno away, which was like a tough place to go. They finished like third, we beat them. Uh, then that was the year of the run, right? Yeah, and then San Antonio in the semi-final away, we beat them, and then we got to the final against uh, Swope Park up in Kansas, and lost on, P lost on PKs in the final. <sighs> Terrible. Yeah, it was a good run, but that was, um, that was a fun team, yeah. I was, but I knew as soon as I came here, I was just like, okay, this is what I want. Uh -huh. Yeah. That just, you fell in love with them? Yeah, just like, 
just cultural and just everything. Like it wasn't like Asia's obviously drastic change compared to back home for me. It just felt like when I went to Australia, I felt that as well. Mm-hmm. And then America was similar. So I was like, yeah, this is, I like this. The only thing yeah. you had to get used to was driving on the right side of the road. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> That's good, man. That's yeah. awesome. And now Oklahoma is home. Home, yeah. I've been here yeah, since 2017. So good five, six, come up to six years, I think. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, is energy coming back next year? Do we know? I believe so. Yeah, that's where they're... Obviously, you've seen the okay. news the other week where mm-hmm. they signed the lease and stuff. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, I understand how that is, and it's pretty difficult, you know, with everything, with all the factors that play into it. Um, but it's... it's they, that is good news that they renewed their lease, you know. Hopefully, yeah. that stadium can get built pretty quick so we can... Yeah, that'd be, I think, for the... Just Oklahoma in general. Because mm-hmm. um, I see so many, so many kids playing the game, mm-hmm. and it's like... The, the state needs it. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be in, in a good location as well. I'm not sure where the location would be. I know they're still working around that or where it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But I just think if they could and they'd have like all the, the bars and restaurants for the families and whatnot mm-hmm. at, at the minute because obviously Taft Stadium, nice stadium or whatever, but it's a bit out it's of the It's a bit way. out there. It's and right it's next to a high school parking's too. Parking's tricky for like families to go mm-hmm. and eat before and whatever or after the game to have a drink. And yeah, if they could get that stadium and hopefully before... Um, the World Cup 2026 yeah, would, I, would be ideal. I think the expectations that they've put out is uh, 2027 is what I had. 2027, right? okay. Yeah, and they have three locations that are up to, up to I think, from what mm-hmm. I heard. I heard the old Farmer's Market. Okay. I heard um, down Oklahoma Boulevard across from Harkins Theater. Okay. There's okay. that big empty lot, possibly. Yeah. And then Wheeler District, which is near the Ferris Wheel, but on the other side of the river. Okay, okay. And th- there's one where the new casino has gone, is it? Where is that at? I don't know. I just I haven't heard of that. Okay, okay. We'll see. They've got options anyway. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I, pray, I hope, fingers crossed for like the, the people of Oklahoma, they, they get the stadium. And it'd be like the multi-purpose stadium, obviously, with concerts and whatnot mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Because it's hard to play at Taft, right? It's not... I've, from where we hear, I mean, we I played there in high school, but, I mean, watching you guys play was... It, it always looked like a battle because oh, you didn't have the space that you need. The needed. dimensions of the field is too small. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fit the, the league's criteria. But then the turf was so hard it hadn't been relayed because they played the, the football on there as well. The mid- middle school, right? Mm-hmm. Middle school football, so it was so flat and rock hard. There'd been a lot of injuries and surgeries. I've had an Achilles mm-hmm. problem because I've been there for four or five years on there. Um, I had to get an injection a couple of years ago. It's, uh, but they've relayed it now, so... Even though they haven't expanded the field, um, it's uh, at least they've got new turf. Mm-hmm. What's the best place that you've played at here in the USA? Ooh, oh, Louisville's. Louisville. Well, obviously, um, Sporting Kansas. Mm-hmm. When we played there in the final, like that was a beautiful stadium. But for for the USL's league, Louisville, Louisville City's new stadium is that's top notch. Mm-hmm. Like, and they had a good crowd. I think fifteen thousand around that. It was just perfect for the size of the club. Um, Playing service was beautiful. Everything was brand new. It was yeah, they did that. They've done that good, mm-hmm. very good. There's a couple though. San Antonio's is nice as well. Um, Phoenix did a pretty cool pop-up stadium, mm-hmm. um, and they they would get good crowds. But Louisville for sure. Yeah. Louisville for sure. Yeah. What's a good opponent that you like? You you've played here for Energy, right? Just your whole time in USL, so you have to have some rivals. Any good opponents that you always look forward to playing against? Yeah, Tulsa one's obviously... Tulsa? Yeah, that's yeah. obviously the first one you look for, the derby game. Yeah. Um, 
and they've been doing well obviously the last well not this year but previously the last couple of years they've they've had the edge over us but before that when I first came here 2017-18-19 it was all OKC and maybe the last couple of years they've took over but um no, Tulsa's the first one. But I used to like San Antonio. Mm-hmm. The the stadium there was yeah, and they're always solid. They're they're a good team as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good city too. Yeah, and then individuals. There was I remember um, when we played San Antonio in twenty nineteen maybe. They had a young lad on the team. I can't remember where he's from. He could have been Argentinian. I'm not hundred percent certain on that, so don't quote me. Mm-hmm. But a lad called Pirano, and I've never come off the field for I can't remember how long. Where everyone was just talking about, oh my goodness, like really? He was, yeah, he was so good. He was like a little messy. Really? <laughs> yeah, they, he play? went on to, he played like a number 10. Okay. Um, but he, he was just so sharp, like his change mm. of direction, skillful. I think he was 19 as well at the time. And we were like, whoa, he was. Damn. Yeah. And he went on to sign in the Portuguese top league, I think. Mm. But I'm pretty sure he's, he's back in the USL somewhere now, I think. Mm. Um, but he was, yeah, he was, whoa. Mm, it's funny Sharp. how there are not very many players like that that can drop jaws and just no, no. like especially yeah when you get in the locker room afterwards you know everyone's like whoa he was yeah do you have any experience playing against anybody that's been, you, you mentioned Vardy but do you any other players that might have crossed your professional path um, I mean I got lucky to play with ones to be honest with you like when I was coming through the Welsh system uh, Bale was on my really yeah he was a year older but I was playing up uh, me and Aaron Ramsey came through the Cardiff mm. City system together uh, so I was with Aaron since I was 12 all the way through to 18. Um, and then Bale was on the under-21s team. We had a, we had a good, pretty good under, uh, mm-hmm. Welsh under-21s team. Um, and then like Robbie Fowler, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Obviously, Robbie Fowler was a legend at Liverpool. He, my first experience when I got called up to the Cardiff City first team, um, I'll never forget it. I was 17, I think. Yeah, 17, 17 18 at the time. And uh, back home they have like you know like Fox Sports over your Sports Center and on Sky Sports News. Back home they'll mm-hmm. have like team news like Cardiff City versus mm-hmm. away. It was Coventry away, I think it was. Um, no, it was Ipswich away. I just travelled. wasn't on the bench, but it was like Jonathan Brown and Adam Matthews have been involved in the squad from the youth. Da, da, da. Yeah, and then but then my um, my second roommate I think when I went to an away game and I came on that was my 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 uh, my debut for Cardiff away at Coventry. My parents went. Mm-hmm. Like two hours away in um, the Midlands, they uh, they were in the away end, and uh, I only came on for like two three minutes at the end. It was like zero zero, and they just threw me on to just try and nick a goal. And uh, but my roommate was uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, mm. and I was like played for Chelsea and yeah Holland wow. and whatever. So that's crazy. Yeah, crazy. Uh, I heard this question because I was watching these World Cup kind of series with the World <laughs> Cup coming. Man, I'm excited. Um, this guy had made a question. He said if um, if soccer was your answer, then what was your question? Like, what did soccer do for you? Like, why oh, soccer? Yeah. Because he, he was painting it like, why is soccer this thing that just stops the world right. for one month? Yeah. Like, why is the World Cup just garnered all this attention that it just, mm-hmm. that's literally just, pop, it puts everything in pause for it's a month. the eyes are on it, yeah. And it just has soccer. And then he just kind of personalized that question. So I, I, I kind of want to ask you, if you can formulate a thought, like, if soccer was your answer, what was the question for you, or what did it like? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know, it's just something like the, the, the purpose or passion you feel that you just fall in love with. It's like when I just, I just felt free. Mm. When I came across it, when I watched it, it was like, remember when I used to go watch Cardiff, like they were, you're talking about with all the eyes in the World Cup, and Cardiff City was my local team that yeah, I supported, yeah. and I was fortunate enough to go and play for them as well. 
But I remember when I used to go out there with my mates and my dad to watch it, and it was like the buzz, like the, the crowd of watching the team. Mm. And I'm getting goosebumps just yeah, hearing you, Yeah, and like singing and stuff and watching it. And I feel like people here in Oklahoma, and not just Oklahoma, America, like resonate that with like their college football. Yeah. So like when I first came, I couldn't understand. I was like, wait, college, you support new colleges mm-hmm. instead of NFL? And then mm-hmm. I started, I was like, oh, okay. So that's kind of like what I'm like with Cardiff yes, back home. It's the same sort of it. thing, mm-hmm. yeah. And then obviously going to play, it was just the, the buzz of even just the training sessions the, to compete. Mm-hmm. I always, obviously used to love to compete, but like obviously I said before, I used to play rugby, which is physical and athletics and soccer and football back home. Um, but yeah, I just think it's just that, that passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just seems as though the game, the beautiful game is what they, they, they say. That's why they call it the beautiful exactly, game. Exactly, yeah. It just captures uh, so many people's imaginations around the world emotions. of whether they're watching it. Emotions, yeah, that's a good way of... Yeah, the, it changes the people's highs, lives. The highs, the lows, and yeah, it's like, yeah, like I said, with the college football there, it's like through thick and through thin, it's like you stick with that team. Um, and it goes through generations from families. Yeah, it's crazy. He was, I mentioned this in the last podcast, and I hate that I'm going to bring it up because the listeners might be like, oh, here he goes again. But one of the stories that the guy was putting out was he basically explained the whole religion of the Church of Maradonismo. Mm. <laughs> Someone created a religion about Maradona and basically explained why to them he is a god. Yeah. And it's just crazy stories. So he just interviewed people and he heard stories and he's just like, how do I tell people <laughs> that, they're, that it's not true? Because to them, he fed the hungry, he yeah. cured the depressed and made them happy. Like He did all these things so like... My guy ended up going to get baptized by the Church of Maradona yeah. by scoring a one-handed goal and yeah. then on a goalie yeah. where he had three attempts. Yeah, yeah. So now he's a, a member of that <laughs> church, I guess. It's just crazy. But it's, it's so true, though. It's like it can make your week or your weekend or mm-hmm. it can destroy your weekend mm-hmm. when you get that invested in it. But um, And that's what I used to be when I, was, when I was younger. But I feel like as I've got older, it's like, okay, I'm not going to get... It's obviously still support and whatever, yeah. but I'm like, if I get too involved here, it's like, I was funny enough, I was having a conversation with one of the parents uh, from the girls' teams that I coach over the weekend about OU, and I, we walked into the into the restaurant with all the oh, team, man. and then the girls, we were looking at them, Rough we the school, we were like, damn, and then he was just like, oh, don't even, like, I'll fall. obviously I'm a supporter that or whatever, but it used to get so ramped up about it that... Um, it ruin his weekend or whatever, you know, and yeah. same thing with, with football. It's interesting um, to see how these OU fans are going to deal with this because we've been used to just winning, winning, winning up right. until the end. Right. But not having a yeah. good season is going to be kind of interesting. Fingers crossed they turn it around. <laughs> I, I'm neutral, by the way, not OU or OSU. You're not I'm, really? No, I'm, no. I'm neutral. <laughs> okay, that's neutral. Good. That's yeah. good. For your coaching, man, how, how has that been? How is that going? Fun, yeah. Um, so we started, like I said before, about when I was mid-twenties just for a soccer academy back home and then Cardiff development and I'm just glad I found it because mm-hmm. I was like, like we spoke about before about people not finding their mm-hmm. passion another passion yeah, or purpose once, once the time comes to hang the boots up um, I love it yeah I love I love it all the individuals the small groups the team I've dipped into more so this year now um, and I've got a good uh age bracket I suppose you could say at the minute with the teams that I've got like 2012 girls 2013 girls like they're engaged they How want it's they like 9, 10 10 yeah and then the goals yeah. I guess just to stay with them um, well they they, they they change obviously they need different voices different coaches with different um, ideas and whatnot mm-hmm. and that's good for them as well to learn um, but I think it'll be a couple of years mm-hmm. yeah and then they'll move on to somebody else I think that's how it works anyway but um, I've yeah. lo- I'm loving it yeah really enjoying it good 
And you guys are training out here, uh, is it NOKC? Edmund or? and NOKC, yeah, so ESC, NOKC. My NOKC team's obviously training at NOKC, yeah. but then my OEFC teams float between the two, and then games is And it's just a bit of those both. two teams that you Just have? those two teams, and then I do some small group training and private training as well uh, with players that want extra touches. Um, Which i seen that you were doing a camp with... Yeah, Brandy. Cody and Alexi, yeah. How was that? Uh, we did our first one um, a couple months ago, which went really well. Okay. I um, saw the pictures in the video, it's yeah. really good. And I think it's a great dynamic, because you have the goalie, mm-hmm. and then you have the forward, and right. it's just all going to work. Yeah, so. and it's not specifically just for forwards, it's just more yeah. about the attacking side of the game. Um, so midfielders came along, or even defenders that want to work on their striking. Because mm-hmm. to say to a... If anybody said to a 10-year-old, hey, you're definitely going to be a centre-back at yeah. 10 years of age, like they're just talking nonsense, like nobody knows, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So That's it's good true. for them all to try and... And that was good for me when I when I was younger. And to be fair, looking onto the coaching side of things, it's probably, mm-hmm. as a coach, I should do a little bit more of is mm-hmm. trying to chop and change the players around in different positions um, to give them that learning experience and um, versatility as well. Because it taught, it taught me so much when I was coming through Cardiff and they'd play mm-hmm. me right wing, left wing... In training, sometimes even put me centre back to be like, okay, if you're a centre back, what don't you like doing? Okay, so now you go forward, go do what you didn't like doing. Is so little things like that. And then not only that, but like then you put yourself in that position where I'm a centre back. Well, I would like for my right back to do this. So yes. now when you're playing right back, you're gonna think of yourself exactly. As a back. Yeah, but now with the coach, and I'm loving it, and I'm like, I'm really open minded. I was as a player um, to play different positions throughout my career, which was a big help. Hindered me a little bit being so versatile. I think I played every position other than goalkeeper and centre back. Well, I did even for the energy in one season. Really, um, but it's a good thing because obviously if you've got injuries, well, yeah. Brownie can fill in there or whatever, um, and it maybe it might prolong my career. Um, but then at the same time, it's kind of like, well, you never just played that one position for five years straight mm-hmm. and really tried to knuckle down and master that and get get even better. Because when you get into a run of games, five, six, seven games, That's then true. it's like, okay, now you got to change the position. Mm-hmm. So it's pros and cons. But um, no, I'm really open-minded with the coaching. To I've obviously been coached under a lot of a lot of different coaches from yeah. youth from youth to the professional game different countries. around different countries, so different you've cultures, seen different slices, spices, mm-hmm. and flavors of it. Yeah, and then obviously I'm working now on the girls' side. Yeah. I've worked on the boys' side, so it's how I, my approach has got to be different. Coaching the girls compared to the boys, yeah. different ages. So it's all a learning experience. But I'm uh, I'm loving the journey so far. I'm liking the challenge. Yeah, yeah, it's good and. I want to keep improving. I want to do my. Ba- I'll be doing my badges now next year, next year as well. Um, yeah, I'm just really. Uh, I'm passionate about it, so I want to just be the best I can as a coach now. I try to do that as a player, yeah. and I want to take that into my coaching career. Taking the same energy that you had as a player, yeah. and adding it. To, that's yeah. That's a good way to put it because the, a lot of I feel like a lot of people suffer if they don't know what they're going to do after their career because that's a lot of energy that you've invested into the playing into the traveling into oh, yeah. putting yourself out there so like what are you going to do with it now I'm going to be a coach and it's just like the structure that you'll lose of your life unless you find something that you're passionate about or full time gig something mm-hmm. it's like we're used to being I mean Cody spoke about it to be fair it's not like military but it's like you, you get told mm-hmm. okay to be here before this time we've got meeting at this time every day but on the field at this time we're done by this time lunches at this mm-hmm. time when you go on your away trips it's like down for breakfast this time, this time, team meeting this time, team walk this time, da, 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 at it, the airport, but this time, and it's just like, okay. It might be a hassle. It might sound like a hassle for others, but that is, in a sense, kind of comforting. Yeah, to, yeah, like, yeah. Just not have to think about it. Yeah. Just follow this. Yeah. No, but it's, um, 
but taking all of that, like the organization and the structure and I like to, I'm trying to take that into my coaching, yeah. my coaching experience now and trying to be organized and what, what I liked as a player, what I didn't like. Um, yeah, it's been, I've been fortunate, like I said, to be, to be in a lot of different teams and from back in the day from 2007 all mm -hmm. the way through to now different coaches um and there's no right or wrong but um what i liked what i didn't like from different coaches and try and mold that into mold it all into one yeah and that, be, that's what i find really interesting because you've you've had very many a lot of cultures so now mm -hmm. it's just like what's the what's the brown culture like yeah like, and then how do you impose that onto kids that didn't have the same culture as you did yeah growing up through the youth system at cardiff you're right, at right. oefc you know, they're brought up a little bit differently. You know, yeah, they, yeah. It might not be rugby, it might be baseball, or yeah. it might not be anything at all. So. No, no. I think one of the biggest things is like, is trust. So, obviously, as a coach, you need to know you need to know what you're doing, yeah. um, and have your badges and whatnot, or the experience, life experiences as a player and stuff. But I think the biggest thing for me is throughout my career was the per the, the the human being, the person. Mm. Um, like I'd want to run through a brick wall for a coach that would like put his arm around me or just be straight up with me, honest. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, that's the biggest thing for me from the experiences with the coaches that I've had is trying to take that into my, my coaching mm -hmm. now with the girls is the, the trust um, and for them to know that I believe in them. Mm -hmm. um, and just the, the, the person, the person to person for me is the biggest thing. The man management is what they call obviously. Yeah. Um, and there's no, no nobody's not gonna like somebody telling you well done or yeah. you know what I mean giving them a pat on the back that's true um, so that's the biggest thing that I'm trying to that I'm trying to take into it yeah because I was uh, I volunteered at my son's elementary school to bring the soccer for their PE class because they're learning about Spain and I guess mm. Spain plays soccer <laughs> don't ask me but <laughs> they asked me to bring it so I brought it and it was very interesting dealing with kindergartners pre-k than first and second graders yeah. because they were just at a different level. Everyone was different. Yeah. Kindergartners were ready. Pre-K were just like, what are we doing? Yeah. First graders are just like, all right. And then second graders, I'm basically breaking up fights. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just interesting having to figure out how to speak, deal. Yeah. But that's, that's coaching, right? Like having yeah. to deal with, like you said there, the kindergarten ones. And then within the next hour, you've got to flip it to, okay, mm -hmm. now I can actually do this. To, and then I've got to go back to that. Yeah. it's a lot of challenges it's, with it it's so it's, it's challenging tough. and I don't think well I mean so as people that have done a little bit of coaching we can kind of break it down and see how we can do it I probably had around almost 200 kids in the matter like through four wow. hours so they were just like alright and it's just me and we're going to give you two volunteer coaches too so you can travel and the PE teacher's going to be there Right. and here's some cones and some balls and I was like alright great what <laughs> can luck. we do yeah. four stations you're scrimmaging here we're going to yeah. teach them how to kick a ball here and in that station, we're going to stretch 15 minutes. We're just going to rotate. Rotate, it. yeah. And I told the coaches who hadn't done much coaching ever, really. And I said, um, all I care about is let them have fun. Yeah. I don't care. I don't yeah. care what you do. Don't yeah. worry. Don't get down to showing them how to not kick it with their toe. Um, if someone picks it up with the ball, don't worry about stopping it. Just, just let them have fun. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. That age is the biggest thing. Yeah. They have to enjoy it. Because if they don't enjoy it, what's the point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then with them enjoying it and having fun then, then that's what comes them wanting to do well and wanting to get better mm -hmm. and work hard they, so, so you've always got to make it fun How, what's, so what do you see the difference from Wales to Oklahoma like if a little brown was growing up in Oklahoma City how different would the soccer culture be compared to oh, that was good the brown in Wales 
Um, you see any of your girls and you're just like, you know what? For me, back where I'm from, <laughs> yeah. we didn't do like this or I wouldn't no, do this. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah, good question. So like over here, um, it is changed back home as well, obviously, uh, with the generations. But I just remember when I was back home, after school, in the school, we'd be playing football back mm-hmm. home. Jumpers on the floor, hoodies on the floor, goal posts. Um, it'd get rough. We'd even play games of foul and football. So you just like to foul and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Go down the, I'd be in the streets playing until it's dark and then you do your mum shouting at the street, like get in dinner. Yeah, the, the lights are on. Yeah, it's like dark. So, yeah, the lights in the street and stuff. We'd, we would just play all the time. And if it wasn't playing or you'd play and then it'd get dark, you'd go in and play FIFA. Yeah. It's constantly like, or you'd watch a game and then you'd go out and play. It was just constant, constant, constant football. And it wasn't, I wasn't getting pushed to do it. Mm. From my, my parents were like, you've got to go down the field and practice. It was like, no, I want to go. Mm-hmm. And then when I, when I got to the Cardiff Academy and I was still wanting to get better, um, if it was raining or whatever, I'd be the one, like my dad's sat there on the sofa after work and he's um, watching whatever, rugby game on TV or mm-hmm. whatever. And I'm like, come on, I'm going to the field and practice my free kicks or whatever. And he's tired and then he'd get up fair play to him. Obviously. That's awesome. And we'd go down, yeah, and he'd, we'd work on that, etc. Mm-hmm. So it was like constant but um yeah at the time there was no like private training it wasn't it's obviously coming through now and stuff um i love the concept they got i went out to help out a thing in the summertime the 3v3 tournament which i think is a cool thing that's trying to like replicate yeah. like the street football back home um because over here you don't really see them playing in the parks or no, streets really where they just all your mates get together and just go and play mm-hmm. but then again obviously i haven't been home for a long time mm-hmm. um consistently like i've been home for like a little vacation or holiday or whatever for a couple of weeks but um, maybe it's the same back home as well. You don't see them playing out on the streets or in the parks as much as when we were younger. Maybe we're just not out there when they are, but it does yeah, seem to be yeah, that way. I, yeah. I, I just don't want to be as negative and be like, oh, you know, the kids aren't doing that anymore. No, just, no, no. I don't know. I, 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 what I do see from the the, 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 the young girls, the young boys over here and the families is they, they wanted to do it. Yeah. They, they are wanting to do something. They wanted to do extra here and there. So they're always asking, what can we do? What can we do? Which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it, the biggest thing is it's got to come from from mm-hmm. the player. They've Honestly. got they've got to want to do it. Obviously, if the, the parents can see if they're having fun and enjoying it, but it's got to be the. Mm-hmm. I don't the, the, the it has the, to be natural. It has, it has to be. It has to come from the players that they want to go do it. There's no point in trying to force them because that's not going to end up. That's not going to end up in a good way. Yeah. And there's nothing better than coaching a player who's just like always trying to. When you see it, that they just generally enjoy being pushed and like want yeah. to strive for that. Greatness. That competitive side. Yeah, you can see that little flair in those some, some of those because I've seen it and it's. I was going to say that when I started off with coaching the teams, I'm not going to name any names and stuff, but it's like that's what I've loved about when I've gone into the teams because yeah. when I did the did the private and small groups, it's hard to get the competitive mm-hmm. side of things because you're working more technical stuff mm-hmm. and maybe physical stuff as well, but. Um, just to see, like you said, they're like there in their mm-hmm. eyes and the competitive side of things when you're having a little scrimmage at the end, I'm like, whoa, okay, yeah. this is... For, for me, it's like, I've never got coached that. Mm-hmm. You can't go, you've either got, for me, it's like DNA, so you've either got that or you don't. Like, yeah. that winning mentality. Honestly. You can gradually nurture build it. With, it. Yeah, you can nurture build it through it, coaching right. and whatever, et cetera, make everything competitive, but it's like, when you see certain things, it's like, can't coach mm-hmm. that. Or when it leaves, too, because I feel like, to a certain degree I might have had a certain of it but then it came to a time where I just kind of lost it Yeah, and it's just like ah you know that same hunger it's like ah you know. no yeah for sure it's like I'm, I'm not gonna you know the dream is gone so yeah. it's just like ah, should I really be going in 100% right. it's Sunday leagues ah, it's, I, I gotta work tomorrow should, should I really be giving Don't it ah. <laughs> yeah. so it's just it comes a time are you almost at that nah 
Not really. Not, not yet. yet. No, 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 no. And I don't know if I'll ever lose that, maybe. Um, but I am at the stage of my career where I've obviously found these other things now that, like... Um, Scratch yeah. that itch, maybe? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like I said earlier about the, the passion um, that I have for coaching, I was pretty much mm-hmm. like this level with like the playing side. Um, if not, I'm, I'm just enjoying it so much. That's good. Yeah, so... There's nothing I'm better than... For it. Yeah, and obviously I get to look... I'm lucky the people that I've got to work with and the teams that I've been given. Yeah. The girls are great, so I'm really having fun with it. That's good, man. I was going to bring up the rugby. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a little bit of rugby in high school. I like rugby better than football. Okay, okay. I haven't watched as much rugby, but it is fun getting, you know, just it's a little bit more free-flowing, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I think that's what I don't like about the football. It's just the pause. Mm-hmm. The running of the play, it's kind of more like soccer, situational. You kind right. of just react to it, toss it back, Not block. set plays as much, there's, yeah. There's, a few ta- there's tactics to it, of course, you know, how you stay on formations, but rugby's fun, man. It's, uh, it's a tough one. It's it a tough sport. But funny you say that, though, because obviously back home, American football's not as big. It's growing because they're doing those um, the games in Wembley. Which are huge. Yeah, they get big turnouts, yeah, yeah. which I think is a brilliant it's, idea. It's getting too. bigger. It is for certain getting bigger. And like they'll show the Super Bowl and they'll show the games on Sundays and stuff back home. But um, it was funny you said that about rugby with the bit more flowing. For me, mm-hmm. obviously, when I had to choose between uh, football and rugby, mm-hmm. that was one of the huge things that like I wasn't enjoying with the rugby side. I, I felt like, oh, stop, stop. Yeah. Stop, start like line out scrums injuries all the time because they're so physical yeah, 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 yeah. Um, hardly touch the ball in half that you could go through a half you might have touched the ball twice mm. and then I go to football practice the next day at Cardiff or wherever it was and I was like non-stop like flowing yeah. the game and I'm like what? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, shattered after that game and yeah. then whatever, and I find I was like, "Well, I'm so tired." The rugby game, I'd be like, "I could play again." Uh-huh. Obviously, the the physical side of things is different, yeah. but um, yeah, no. Since I came over here, for me, I've preferred basketball just probably because it relates more to football. Yeah. Where it's just like flowing back and forth. Back and forth yeah. yeah. So I like to go. Well, I did go. Like to go watch the Thunder. Yeah. Um. I've, I've enjoyed that, but the football, yeah, it's very stop start. Yeah. Um. And but for me, yeah, like I said, rugby's kind of gone that way as well. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, they used didn't used to be as big, so teams used to run it more and used to be more flowing. Mm-hmm. Um. But now it's just a brutal sport. It is brutal, brutal. man. I had just I had a good PE coach who really liked rugby, and he basically warm us up before a soccer match for high school soccer doing the haka and just yeah. And you see them. We just out there just doing that kind of stuff, just getting pumped, not knowing what we're doing. But yeah, yeah, our PE coach was into that rugby stuff, so that's where we got our taste from it. Brilliant. Uh, We talked about the Wembley being uh, the host for the NFL. Do you think EPL could benefit from like a All Star game? I, I've been listening to a um, TalkSport radio show back home every morning when I have my breakfast and a coffee, I'll put TalkSport from back home on. And they mentioned about that. The problem is with it, it's like, where are you going to fit it in, in the calendar? So like with the basketball all-star games, I mean, how, long, take a how, break. how long do they have off-season? Like three three months, basketball? Four, yeah. Three, four months? Maybe. About so. Uh-huh. Whereas like with the football players there back in Europe, they literally have two weeks because they're just non-stop playing. Pre-season training, international games, World Cup, yeah, just, Euros, yeah, champions. It'd be fun. Don't get me. I'd love to. Like everyone mm. would probably want to see it, but then as would the players want to see it? Maybe, maybe. That's true. Would they want to do it? Maybe, maybe not. What happens if they do it and then somebody has a bad mm-hmm. injury? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like we forced up an extra fixture mm-hmm. when they've, they've, there's already enough. 
Well, I mean, they could do it like the NBA, you know, because when they start playing the East versus West, you kind of see them not really taking it serious. Yeah. Or maybe we can... <laughs> no, I wouldn't be the same if we just threw them on a 7v7. Yeah, all of 5v5, something like, like that. that yeah. That'd be a little bit more manageable, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it'd almost be like a charity game if they played it, because like you said, people would just end up just going through the motions, mm-hmm. and then it'd be kind of like, what? The argument then would be like, well, what's the point in the first? What why are we doing it if we're not trying to? Yeah, for something know? if it's not meant for yeah. something. Yeah, I even heard on the radio about them doing like North versus South. It's like the best players from the North teams against the South teams. Um, would it work out? I just don't know where they'd fit it in. Like the, the, yeah, honestly, that's the, the big one. Coaches would be going mad. Yeah, would you do it after Christmas? Before Christmas? Yeah. Yeah, no. And usually, without obviously this World Cup's now during the Christmas period. Usually, the Christmas period back home is like the busiest. Yeah. Like the non-stop. It's so. gonna be mad this Christmas, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be wait. fun. Wales, USA, That's England, all in one group. There they all are. Yeah, all in one group. yeah. That's true. Ira- Iran, England, USA, Wales. Who's coming out of the group? Do you think? Other than Wales, uh, I don't know. <laughs> nah, England, good, England will obviously be favourites. Yeah. But you just never know. It's like never know. England, USA is always a tough one. England, Wales, just because it's so like a rivalry as mm-hmm. well. Um, hopefully, Wales and USA can make it difficult difficult for them, and then it could all end. I wouldn't write off Iran as well. They know mugs. Know, man. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a tough group. You got to secure the first game and see where yeah. it goes from there. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, yeah, that's where the confidence builds and momentum. Yeah. Momentum's in tournaments. Momentum's the, one of the biggest things. Yeah. I'm excited to see how Mexico does too. Who, who's in that group? We got Argentina, uh, I think Saudi Arabia, and Poland. Lucas Podolski. Poland. Yeah, they just beat Wales the yeah, other day. Yeah, so it's just going to be tough, dude. I mean, that's that's the beauty of who's the world. Who's your favorite? Cup, man. For me, yeah. Mexico, of course. Yeah. yeah I'm just going to just say Mexico all the way. But yeah. if I had to, you know, pick a second or a third, I Brazil and Argentina look really good too. That's me. what I. Yeah. Somebody asked me that last week. I think a parent, and I said. At the minute, it looks like Argentina and Brazil. Everybody else seems to be like just had a different. Yeah, they're just cut from a different cloth this year. Yeah, it seems that way, right? Yeah, they'd be my two favorites going into it, but every favorite I pick never wins. No, it's <laughs> you just never know. Like Italy in the Euros. Yeah, the other year, like nope, I didn't pick Italy. Even though they were on a good winning streak, don't get me wrong, but I would have been like Portugal when they won the Euros. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just kind of skated by until yeah, they yeah. needed to get the W. So yeah, you never know. You never it's know. Tournament things. Exactly, and like. At the minute back home, the English press are onto the English team because they've them one in six, mm. even though they drew with Germany the other day. But it's kind of like when you turn up, it's just different yeah. compared to the nations games and friendlies and whatever. You just never know. And like you said, once you have got that first one, the momentum kicks in, and players are just all of a sudden playing well around that time. Because mm-hmm. two weeks in football is a lot. That's a long time. Yeah, your form can go from here to here in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, that's so honestly individuals, injuries, the pressure. Yeah, yeah. Simply just the pressure of just being at the World Cup. Literally, yeah. So it'd be a, it's gonna be an interesting one because obviously the time of the year and it's different in Qatar, yeah. and uh, they're indoor venues, right? Oh, they got roofs. Some sorry, of them are different. Got, most of them yeah. got roofs because mm-hmm. of the weather. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah, same. And obviously for Wales, first time since 1958, I think. Really? Yeah. Since 58, it's been that mm-hmm. long. It's the only other time, so it's like huge huge accomplishment for us to qualify because we're such a small like I don't when I tell people here like how small Wales is Compared as a country a would you say Oklahoma is Oklahoma bigger there's than more Oklahoma? population in Oklahoma than Wales really I think Oklahoma's around I could be wrong around 3.8 million okay. and then Wales is around 3.2 so yes yeah, what about geographically small as well smaller yeah small 
we're, we're just cramped we punch in, about, yeah and we we do well with rugby but there's not as many countries obviously that play rugby mm-hmm. um did you get to watch any rugby in australia i did yeah i watched a couple of games um, big, i went to watch they got, they got rugby league in australia there's a lot of big sports in australia they got the um the australian rules uh-huh. is it arl um aussie rules they've got rugby league which is big over there and i prefer watching funny like Family's obviously rugby union, mm-hmm. so two different rugby games. But the rugby union is a bit more stop start. My friend mm-hmm. plays back home for Wales. But I really enjoy watching rugby league, and rugby league's big in Australia. So mm-hmm. I went to watch a couple of those games. There's just more flow. It's different rules? Yeah. So then what yeah. do they do when they play like uh, international? Like Two different sports. They don't, what, like, what rules do they implement? Like um, So obviously in rugby union, when you go to the ground, you yeah. can, there's like racks and mm-hmm. scrums. In rugby league, it's like you get tackled as soon as you hit the floor. The other team has to back up 10 yards and then they put the ball through the legs and the ball straight out. Right. So there's no like slowing down on the floor. It's just like boom, mm-hmm. straight away, boom, straight away. And then after the fifth, could be wrong, after the fifth pass, if you don't score, you've got a kick. Uh, so it's just constant. There's motion, motion, motion. Yeah, there's no line outs. So the ball, as soon as it's out, it's like boom, straight back in. Uh, um, yeah. It's a mess, dude. I remember yeah. just lining up and it's just like, when you're lining up and being like one of the smallest ones, you just realize that this is just not for you. Yeah. That's why football was yeah. just not for me. I just, something about just crashing into people just didn't seem appealing yeah. to me. Yeah, awesome. The hits in football. But having the ball the in your feet and that as well. just is amazing. Yeah. You can't, yeah. You can't, I can't explain to people what it is just to have a ball at your feet and just, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. What do you think about the turf field downtown? It was good. It was yeah. good, yeah. That's where we were where seeing we yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, I think it's awesome. And um, I ended up playing soccer tennis with a couple of young boys to be yeah. fair for ages. You're, uh, you wouldn't go down there to play in the afternoons with the local lads? No, I'd have to no. be careful. I'd yeah. have a mess around, yeah, of course yeah. I would. But um, no, I've been... Uh, is it Mexican League on Sundays and stuff as well? I that's what I was, was going to get there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of getting there because that's who we're going to ask next. So have you been uh, asked no, to play? No. Yeah, yeah, I have, yeah. And and I, can't, I can't, and I'm, you can't, you yeah. know, I'm under contract and whatever, but... Um, Will your will your boots grace the field I soon? No, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think not so. in the near future ever. No, oh, I hope I can get a, a little rough out there as well. I mean, look, after your contract's done and you know you're retired and just stuck to coaching, maybe I'm pretty sure you can find another contract out there at Western. <laughs> That's not lying to you. I probably prefer to go play indoor. To be fair, really? Yeah, just get touch with the ball. I don't know. To be to be honest, though, I've never gone mm-hmm. out to watch. The Mexican Mexican League, but um, you might get bit by the bug. When that things happen with the energy, obviously people didn't know that I was contracted. But look, Justin Chavez, who used to be on the energy, <laughs> you've had him on here, right? Mm-hmm. He, he reached out to me. Christine Biaga, there was a few of them. Because he had what's his name on his team too. He was able to pull. I forgot his name. The center back as well with them. Christine Biaga. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who you're saying. Yeah, yeah, he was asking me as well to go play. Josh got yeah. There've been a few of them that have asked me to go and uh, play, and I'm like, they didn't know I was contracted. Uh-huh. I like can't do it, whatever, but. They were like, well, when you're done playing, whatever. And I was like, I don't know, lads, I don't know. Uh, we, we, in Spanish, it says, Se de rogar. It's, uh, do we got to beg you to play, man? <laughs> Come on, man. That's funny. No, well, what, what indoor do you like to play at? Do, do you visit? So, well, when, when I've took my Which teams. Which one's your favorite? Oh, good question. Because there's what? There's Love score. Three, score four, is clean. Score. Yeah, score. Soccer City. Mm-hmm. They're the only two I've been to. Okay. Yeah. Score, really? Score on Soccer City. I, I'm obviously here of ISA, mm-hmm. but... Just when we were with the energy, we'd always end up going to Soccer City, mm-hmm. I think it was, if we needed, if we were snowed out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then with my OEFC teams or NOKC teams, if we got, had to go indoor, we've either gone to score or Soccer City. And they're, they're both awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm like, when I seen those, I was like, damn, Bridgen back home needs something like this. Because nice, the weather it? back home with the rain and stuff, I'm like, this place is... 
Yeah, it's, it's magical, awesome. isn't it? Yeah, it's just for teams and stuff. Because like my young cousin back home, he's like 14, plays rugby, football. I remember a couple of years ago, or before COVID, when like the football season was through the winter, and he didn't have a game for like two months because mm. it was all rained off. Yeah, and, and, and the fields, like a lot of rain, so like the fields, grass is like just bogged down with water and they can't, can't play the games. And I'm like, damn, man, if they had an mm. indoor venue like this, for, even if it was just training or... Mm-hmm. It'd be... Uh, yeah, when I see now, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool. Do you not see yourself going back to be a coach in Wales? Uh, I'm open, like... I said earlier with coaching and everything, I'm open-minded to everything. Never say I, I love going back home. I got to go home summertime this year, which was the first time going home in the summertime for like six years. I had my friend's wedding, um, which was brilliant. I got to see my family and stuff as well. And I went home last Christmas. I'll be going home again now. Um, You're the foreigner when you come back, huh? Yeah. Well, my sister calls me, used to call me Golden Balls. So I'd go home. My mum would be like trying to make food and do everything. And... I'm like, mum, I'm old now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can do it. Yeah. That's funny. I can see my sister kind of be like, oh, it's just Ricardo. Is yeah. It, why is he being so special? Yeah, it's literally like that. Yeah. But you can see why they're like that as yeah. well. You're not around all the time. Yeah, right? no, exactly. Must be so hard. I make a fuss. Yeah. And is it hard for you now just to be out or are you just used to it? In, uh, away from family and yeah. stuff? No, it is. It is. Yeah. yeah, it's always hard. But I mean, FaceTimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, technology's crazy. Oh, it helps so it? much. It just feels like you're there, you know. Mm-hmm. And every day I speak to my parents um, and my sister quite often, quite often as well, a couple of times a week. Uh, but she's busy with with family and stuff back home and work. But I'll speak to my family, my mum and dad. Yeah, mm-hmm. near enough every day, even if it's just like a minute conversation. Yeah, like it's just saying, all right, yeah, okay, I gotta go coaching, da, 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 whatever. Just checking in. See you tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and they've they've got to come over here, obviously, and they're looking to come later this year. Really. Um, when? Not sure. Not depends. Sure. My mum's got a ballet school back home. Oh, okay. So it depends on her breaks and stuff with mm-hmm. school. They were looking October, but then they've got to cover. My sister's going away instead, so they've got to look after the dog and stuff. So they yeah, weren't able yeah, to come. Yeah, yeah. So like, oh, cheers. Got to take care yeah. of the family, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's but, nice. uh, Hopefully, they'll get to come. Yeah, I'm just curious as to what time to see what you know. Depending on the time of year, what all activities are down here because there's so much to see now. Oh yeah, there's the park there's, opening yeah, up and everything yeah. like that. Well, they'll probably notice a difference because they haven't come since 2019. Really? COVID and yeah, with COVID and stuff. So they'll probably be like, "Whoa, this is all changed." The city's on the rise. Yeah, yeah. On the rise. It's good though. It's it good. is good. The clubs on the rise. All UFC's also yeah. doing some big things yeah. too, man. So. Yeah. Oh, they had some success last year with the girls' side and the yeah. boys' side, obviously with Mark Howard's boys, Calocots. Yes. Um, being the national champions, champs, yes. a couple of the girls teams as well. So it's um, the good thing about Oklahoma, and I said this to a few people, it's like, even though we're going to have to punch above our weight and we're a small state compared to others and soccer's obviously building, mm-hmm. but we've got to catch up with your Californias and your mm-hmm. Floridas and yet, but on our doorstep is Texas. Mm-hmm. So we get to play. Which is huge. Which is, yeah. So there's so many big clubs from Dallas um and texas that you get to play these teams to compete with them so you're going up against the best of yeah, the best. Near, near enough the best in the nation anyway so you can gauge where you're at and what you need to improve um so i think it's, it's ideal it we're, is we're lucky we're lucky to have that it is ideal but what do you think about like uh the pool like the triangle i always like to think of it as like a pyramid you know mm. because i guess our pyramid base isn't too big so eventually once we start getting elite teams it's like you start running out of players to pull from. You know, mm-hmm. at a certain point, you just the be- 
what is it? The 20 best players at any age group here is only a handful of players. You get what I'm saying? And you said Texas. Well, that the base of that pyramid is huge. Yeah. You know, you are right. We're, we're kind of punching above our weight. But mm. it's, I guess that's just one of the things about being here in Oklahoma. We I, don't, I don't think that, that's tough to change because, like you said, with Dallas, like just as an example, like ECNL teams with Solar, they're able to pull players off the bench, you know. Basically. And the, yeah, their squad is like stacked and... Not just that they've got other players that could come in and be. Honestly. Whereas it's just gonna it's gonna be that like just because the the ratio. Imagine you know being a solar and then just knowing that when tryout time comes, you know people that want to play for the best are gonna try yeah. to f- really generally fight for a spot on a team like mm-hmm. that, as opposed to, man here, we have coaches everywhere just trying to get enough to make a team. You yeah. know hey yeah. anybody knows any two thousand and twos send yeah. them my way because mm-hmm. I need at least thirteen to have a roster. So yeah. that's just totally different problem yeah but it's a good um i mean it is the oklahoma mentality anyway mm-hmm. though which is the all the mindset of being like we know what we are like stick together mm-hmm. and just be fighters through it so mm-hmm. you can use it in your advantage at the same time and that's i think true. that's what the club is doing you know that's like, true. working with what we have yeah yeah and why not like look what the boys have gone and done national championship yeah like, why, why not why can't the other age groups go and do it they've mm-hmm. proven they can do it now so how was that watching that on your end, uh, or uh, for the was, OE, uh, other coaches just watching? Oh, it was their fun. Run. I was just chuffed for Mark because I've mm-hmm. known Mark. He was my assistant at the Energy in 2017. Nice. So I know all the time and effort he's put into it. And Cal, obviously, I'm really close. with played with him, yeah. um, and just that age with the boys, obviously. But for the the whole the, the whole club, for the for other coaches, for other families, for the the other players to go to see, hey, this is this is possible? Like, you yeah. know, even though we're we're on the rise, mm-hmm. which is good on the rise I like that dude. yeah well I guess before we close it out dude where like what goals do you have for yourself here in like the next five years like what what, what are you putting in front of yourself to motivate yourself like where are you with that I'd still like to continue playing I still feel like I've got a couple of years left in me okay. um, physically mm-hmm. um, so I want to make the most of it because obviously you're a long time retired from playing mm-hmm. you've only got X amount of years to play so I was like okay I've got a couple of if, if it comes if it doesn't I'm lucky that, like we spoke mm-hmm. about in this podcast, that I've got my purpose. I feel like I've got my other purpose, my passion now with my coaching. Um, I want to get my licenses done, so my B I'll be going on um, the UEFA license back home, mm-hmm. the FAW one with Wales, because um, I came through the system. So they've reached, mm-hmm. we spoke and stuff, and they're going to help me out. It's good with that, yeah. And then my B, get my A done. I want to get those two done over the next uh, couple of years, um, and just continually graduate. I'm in no rush. I don't mm-hmm. want to be the. I don't want to. I don't want to take too much on my plate. I want to do it day by day. Right, yeah, I want to do it right, learn the right way, make mistakes. It's like, I'm going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. I'm young, coach, like everyone is. Mm-hmm. I'm open-minded to try different things, experiences. Um, but I just want to keep progressing up. And whether that's via age groups mm-hmm. or um, a different way, I don't know. I'd, whether it be schools and whatnot. Um, would you be is that out of the question for you to get like a school a high school uh, no 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 no. again if it um, if it fits in the schedule yeah if it fits and if I was like mm, yeah I like that mm-hmm. um, it'll all be a situation I suppose if at the mm-hmm. time if, if it feels right and, and whatever I know other my friends have done it and stuff but um, yeah I just want to try and go be the best coach I can and uh, the players that I impact I don't want to just impact them on the field. I want them to try and help them become better, better Human people beings. as well. Citizens. Yeah. That's the biggest thing for me. Yeah. Like I spoke about before with the man management side of things is 
for those when they're older to think, because I do it, mm -hmm. when people ask me about coaches, look, probably one of the best coaches that I had was when I was under 13s, mm -hmm. and he came through with me under 16s, under 18s, and he probably had the biggest impact on me. Mm -hmm. So when people, I, I like for these people to when they're older, like, oh yeah, I remember. JB, yeah. <laughs> did it big for me. Yeah, yeah. that's huge, man, because yeah. people, coaches, they play huge roles in our lives. Yeah. You know, they're almost like, parental figures just, oh for sure just yeah right another tier under them but they mm -hmm. do play huge roles whether they motivate us or break us tear us down you know they they do influence us in many 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 yeah. ways so and like we said it might not even be soccer related it might just make them more confident mm -hmm. as a person mm -hmm. great that's awesome yeah, that's true that's true i like that well good yeah i appreciate your time man i appreciate you, know. you for having me on man that was yeah. that was fun I can't wait to see you running down the pitch at Western. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'll cross my fingers for that. Uh, do you have anything else to say before we lift off? No, I think off? we've covered... Uh, where can we fun? find you? Yeah. Where can we find you for personal trainings? What's your brand? Where, the, where? the name is JB17 Performance Training. Love that. Um, obviously, I've got my my um, my club teams. Uh -huh. that are, They're my priority, but um, we can work around stuff. JB17 Performance Training. I like that. Yeah. Why 17? My birthday and then my playing career was number 17. If I could get the 17 jersey, I'd get 17 just because it was my birthday. Lucky number. I'm right there with you, dude. I was born June 17th. 17th, there you are. That's, that's my number, 17. There we go. And it, did, it didn't like fit outside. I used to play on the wing, so it didn't really, it actually kind of matched as, as a winger. 17, is that a winger number? Mm, it's like it the can seven. Be a bit of anything, right? Yeah, like it's like the seven, seven but it's yeah. like a, another level higher because yeah. it's no one next to it, you know? Yeah, I just liked it. And then. Mm. I had 26 for a little bit because that was my debut jersey for Cardiff nice. when I was eight, 17, 18. So if I've gone to clubs and they don't have the 17 available, I'll ask for 26. And if that's yeah. not available? Uh, yeah, good question. <laughs> I've never got, haven't got that far. Nice, nice. You've been lucky. Then. <laughs> yeah, been I've lucky. been lucky. Well, I mean, I appreciate you. Thank you. This is episode, I think it's 55, my friend. Damn. It's 55. You're banging them out. I'm banging them out, dude. I'm, I'm almost... Out. Is it 56 weeks in a year? Yeah. 56, 55, yeah, maybe a leap year. Yeah. Let's just say this is episode one year, dude. That's <laughs> wild. Well, I appreciate you appreciate for being on that. Um, this has been another episode of the Mass Football Podcast. If you've been listening up to this point, I appreciate you. My friend, Jonathan Brown. Thank you. Mm -hmm.